Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing a little better than last night. I was able Good. to plan a pickup hockey game tonight. I apologize to all the people who wait up for this podcast, but uh, I had to go play tonight, and I'm not going to not going to miss a chance to actually play hockey any any chance I get that. So, hell of a game though, Bruce. Tonight, this was a fantastic game for Oilers fans, like in so many different ways. And it and um, although this is usually our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcasts, we're just going to go with. Sorry, we're just gonna. If, if you're wedded to that the formula for some reason, we're we're throwing it out the window. It's our bad podcast. We couldn't this. think of any bad things. Could you? No, I couldn't. I mean, it wasn't eight to nothing. I guess. Bad <laughs> thing. Yeah, there was maybe a, the odd defensive. You know, Jones and Bear got uh, walked on that one goal, but you know they played so well. Otherwise, it just seems chippy to to pick on yeah. them for that. So no, it was a, it was a good night, and we might as well just focus <laughs> on the good things. Good things. Three are good things right now. It's the three good things each podcast wow. and one number. Okay, yeah, that's still probably not enough good things to cover everything, but uh, <laughs> it'll give us a good run and start out for sure. Yeah, walking into Calgary and wing eight three against your oh. your big rival, Bruce. These Oilers are. This is a good Oilers team, Bruce. I was I didn't tweet this out, but I was thinking like I was. My prediction is they're going to go on a winning streak this mm-hmm. year. I don't know if it's going to be now, but this this Oilers team is capable of putting together. Five, six, seven, eight games in a row of winning. Just winning. Nine games in a row. You know, just a long winning streak because this is a this is shaping into a team where everyone knows their roles. And it's got it's got good excellent attacking and excellent power play, good penalty killing. And it's all about the goaltending. If they can get if they can get at least you know, as good goaltending, if not better than the other team, this is a this is a very good NHL team right now. Your good thing. First, your first good thing. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so many good things. Uh, the, uh, I guess, just the way the game started. And I'll, I'll, so I'm going to start with uh, number 56, Carl <coughs> Yamamoto, uh, who scored the first goal just 34 seconds into the first period by jumping on a chance in front, burying it past uh, uh David Riddick, who was the object of the Oilers' affection for much much of this game, and uh, Yamamoto, he was an absolute buzzsaw in this game, just all over the puck, and he wasn't alone. Like his whole line was was all over the puck, but he and uh, Drysaddle together teamed up on guys two or three times, just tracked them down and wouldn't let them escape with the puck, and he wound up with. Uh, one goal, uh, first goal, big goal, and then one huge assist, the primary assist on what I thought was the biggest goal in the game, the 5-3, after Calgary scored a couple, like very much against the flow of play to make it 4-3, and Cam Talbot, who'd come in and was stopping everything, and including a few miracle saves, um, and it seemed like somehow Calgary was going to chip away and get back in the game somehow, even though Edmonton was dominating play. And then that slick pass that Yamamoto fed to Ryan Nugent Hopkins for the for the 5-3. To me, that was the the play of the game. Uh, But I'm just loving everything about this guy's game right now. You know, tonight he had three shots, two takeaways, 
And he was, in fact, all three guys on the line had multiple takeaways. I'm not sure I've ever seen that before. They were just all over the puck. And he's just a water bug and, and skating uh, effectively uh, and just as hard and just as uh, just as determined and committed on the defensive side of the puck as he is in the offensive end of the ice. This is, a, it's this, to my eye, basically a 200-foot player. Bruce, yeah, we're seeing a special line right now. Like, this yeah. is a treat. Like, this is one of the... I was just trying to think, when, when did we last see a line, like three players, working this well together? Like, you know, Nugent Hopkins, Everly, and Hall had it going on for a while. That was a pretty good line. This line right now, we'll see if they continue on together, but this line is fantastic. Like, this is just... This is an absolute treat. They had seven... They created seven grade-A scoring chances at even strength, that line. Wow. Um, that's that's tremendous. I mean, and the the Oilers average about ten a game as a team. <clears throat> that was just at even strength. So, um, and McDavid and Cassian had, uh, and um, Archibald had five. So wow. the top two lines, they had it going on, and yeah, this this player Yamamoto. It's it's. I, I don't want to say like this line is kind of like soviet-like like this the passing but they all have such great hockey sense and great hands for passing because passing is is what makes this line great it does remind me a little bit of the 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 soviet hockey of the 70s and 80s it was so predicated on pinpoint passing yeah well there's plenty of that there's plenty of speed and puck movement and player movement and skating to holes and getting the puck back (coughs) give and go and and tic-tac-toe and and when the when they don't have possession of the puck, they're they're on it, right? They're they're not sort of pulling back, and uh, they're just all over the puck, and they're just not giving the other team any chance to to do anything with it. And uh, it's it's a joy to watch. This is uh, I would say maybe the you could say the line of McDavid, Drysaddle, and Maroon during the 2016-17 yeah, season. Enough. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but that's you know utilizing the two star players. The beauty of this line is that you now got them going like this, and you freed Connor David on another line to drive another line. And guess what? When you got two lines of that caliber, uh, you're going to control a big percentage of the game, and that's what they've been doing. <coughs> and they're eight, eight, one and two since they uh, uh, since they put. So since I called Yamamoto up and put him in the lineup, eight, one, and wow. two. <clears throat> Excuse me. My good thing, Bruce, is the goalie fight. <laughs> I love that goalie fight. That that goalie fight is going to be like watched how many times on Twitter and YouTube that that oh, video. Man. And and it was just such a throwback. It was straight out of nineteen seventy four. You know that was so Philadelphia Flyers. Oh God, that was fantastic! That was it was so. First of all, it was so stupid. It was marvelously, yeah. wonderfully stupid. Like these two guys and, and these padding. There's no reason for them to fight, right? And Smith comes out, and I don't know what he said to tell, but they're both hotheads, I think. And they're they're beaking off at each other, and, and it's just it it was such a it was such a carnival, wonderful kind of carnival atmosphere. WWF Stampede Wrestling, um, you know, a meeting of the minds. <laughs> at center ice and Smith, of course, the, for the Oilers fan perspective, Smith beat the hell out of Talbot. And well, I don't know if that last, 
I don't know if that last punch landed when 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 Talbot was falling back and and Smith was coming down on him. It looked to me like that punch might have landed, and that was a wicked punch. So uh, I don't know. It was it was just funny that it's funny that fighting is part of hockey still. Like honestly, like it's the only sport I think that that just kind of is permissive about fighting. No other sport would is allows that. But it just let's face it, we Canadians we love it. Everyone, I was listening to Cassie Campbell and the people after the game. Everyone just was, you know, we all got our entertainment value out of that. Like Kelly Brady says, we did. We just, we, we love it for some reason, Bruce. I love it. And I love that fight. Yeah. Well, when the old Calgary uh, intermission panel of David Amber, Cassie Campbell and Kelly Rudy is waxing ecstatic over an 8-3 Edmonton win over their beloved Flames. You know, that's something unusual is going on. And that was pretty unusual. My, my, my wife is in the minority that did not enjoy that fight. She said, this is ridiculous. These are grown men, she said. <laughs> <laughs> but Talbot... So what, did, what did you Talbot, say? Did you have to well, bite Talbot, your lip? Or? Well, a little bit. And I, you know, I was laughing, but uh, Talbot, I mean... He kind of initiated that whole incident. I mean, I'm yeah. sure a Calgary fan would say Sam Gagne initiated it by trying to push a loose puck into the net, which he actually did, uh, that Talbot was kind of laying back on, and the puck was visible and kind of loose, and, and Gagne did what a goal scorer should do and went for it. And Cam did not appreciate that. And he got up and he gave... Uh, Gagne a couple of wicked shots with the goalie paddle and that's what sort of set off the huge melee that broke loose at that point and then of course Mr. Gutsy uh, Matthew Kachuk decides to challenge an <laughs> NHL rookie with zero career fights uh, Ethan Bear and said rookie acquitted himself fairly well in that bout uh, but Talbot was hot and he stayed hot and Smith kind of came out to center ice and said, well, a six on five down there because our goalie's in the middle of it, so maybe our goalie needs to be there too. And I don't know what he said, but anyway, the two of them <laughs> And they wound up both getting the heave-ho from the game because it was the second fight, and that's the league rule now. Like, you know, they don't want these brawls. Uh, they, uh, uh, you know, these line brawls where everybody's going at it. So they made a hard and fast rule a few years ago that... If there's one fight in progress, if anybody goes in a secondary bout, they're gone from the game. So this meant the two goalies were gone from the game. But you know the funny thing, David, up to up to Wednesday, game number 50 of the season, uh, the Oilers hadn't had one game all year that had two fights in it, in the entire game. And they had two in that game, also against Calgary, and then three tonight, including two on the same uh, stoppage. So uh, things are heating up, and, and especially within the Battle of Alberta, like uh, it's getting, uh, 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 it's it's amping up. Let's just leave it with that. I, I miss it from the '80s, honestly, Bruce. All the fighting, like it, this, and this is a reminder of how much fun it was. Like, cause, and I know on the other hand, it gets got stupid. Like guys were injuring each other. It seemed like as time went on, more and more. Fighting became this thing between behemoths who all they did was fight, and that was that was stupid. And then and then it seemed like players were getting hurt a lot in fighting, and that's stupid. So, but there is something about it too, though, that's just wonderfully entertaining. And it's and uh, like remember the Habs Quebec Nordique games in the uh, playoffs in the in the eighties. Those those the fight fighting in those games and the Oilers and the Flames, of course. It anyway. So what's your next good thing? 
Oh, well, on that, just in that same general vein, but not a fight, but a play that I particularly enjoyed uh, on the physical side of things was Darnell Nurse absolutely burying Matthew Kachuk beside the Edmonton net on a not too dissimilar play that got Talbot upset at the other end. There was a puck that popped up and fluttered up and Smith grabbed it over the net. And so it was about, way above the crossbar. And Chip came in and he was waving his stick around a little bit there. Eh? And I, I think he probably got Smith on the fingers. And Darnell Nurse did not take kindly to that. Uh, he's already targeted uh, um, Kachuk with a pretty vicious hit on Wednesday night. You know, the, you know the, it's game on with that guy after some of the shenanigans yeah. that he's been pulling off. Oh, yeah. So, and Darnell is not one to back away from that stuff. But in this case, he did exactly what you want your defenseman to do. Clear the crease and 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 clear it, uh, you know, without compassion. Down and out <laughs> went, uh, went Matthew oh. Kachuk. And there wasn't even a penalty because the ref knew this is just hockey. You know, a guy gets in the blue paint and hacks at the goalie, he's going to have to... Uh, uh, you know, stand up to it or lie down to it in this particular case. And the other uh, the other event was the time that um, Kachuk took a run at Cassian and missed him and wound up banging himself up. So that's, uh, yeah. that's Nurse also went, the, way, the way it goes. Nurse went full pronger on him there. That was very sweet. <laughs> yeah, very yeah sweet. That's, that's, a, that's a good comp. That's, that's what pronger would have done when, the, you know, when the... When the situation was right, in this case, I would argue the situation was right, that that was the play you want your defenseman to do, and I can't think of any other defenseman, even Adam Larson, I can't think of one I'd rather have uh, delivering delivering the, you know, the verdict with malice aforethought. <laughs> you know, and he didn't overdo it, he just took him down hard. Show them, show them no mercy, for they shall show you none. All right, uh, my next best thing is just the defense as a whole, Bruce. And, and uh, I'm not going to go on at length about each player, but um, th they're all really good hockey players. And Caleb Jones had a lot of really nice little movements with the puck, quick movements with the puck. Oscar Kleffblom is playing at his highest level of hockey ever. Adam Larson stepped up his game. Starting, like when, when Adam Larson plays like this, the Taylor Hall trade starts to make sense a little bit from an Edmonton perspective. Like... Again, New Jersey got a huge win. They got a great player in Taylor Hall. But Adam Larson can be a very good hockey player. And we saw that. Uh, he and Clefbaum are playing at a very high level right now. Nurse and Bear are really good. So uh, this defense, Bruce, finally, finally, you need a strong defense. It's the backbone of your team. You can't win consistently in the NHL without that. The orders lack that for ever since Chris, well, I guess 2008-09, you might argue. They had, a, they had an okay defense, at least a pretty good a, a good defense. This defense has a chance to be better than that because there's a lot of players still moving up. Clefbaum has finally reached his peak. Nurse is, is moving up. Bear, Jones, Benning. You know, Larson, is, is, when he's playing like this, he's at his peak. This is a, this is a defense that's young and really good, and it's going to get, they got Evan Bouchard coming into the mix. Man, this is exciting. To me, this this is what makes the Oilers have a chance to be a consistent winning team because they always had these two, you know, they've had great attacking players for a decade since Taylor Hall came to town. They haven't had a defense, and now they got it. 
Nice to see young Caleb Jones chipping in on the offense, two goals in two games. And, uh, I mean, both of them were, um, you know, not exactly goals <clears> or <throat> goals. They were just point shots that found holes and into the net. But uh, it's, it's uh, nice to see uh, uh, some results uh, for that player. It's, nothing's going to boost a guy's confidence more than uh, uh, more than that. He, he got burned, I thought, the first goal. Uh, Buddy oh, Robinson sure did. Him look, uh, yeah. Made him look like a... Uh, um, a smaller, weaker man on that particular play, uh, but um, he uh, <coughs> he's got the skating legs and you know the puck uh, the puck movement and uh, it's, this is an interesting time with Chris Russell out of the lineup just to maybe see a little glimpse of the future because uh, you know many many people including myself think Russell may well be gone this off season and so how will the team? do without the guy well so far so so good with uh uh with a pair of nice wins and uh and that's very performing nicely you know with the expansion draft coming up the orders may have to protect 4d it's going to be interesting we'll we'll see how this plays out um all right what's your next best thing well i gotta go back to uh side and since the Oilers came back from their break, they played three games, and he's been first star of all three games. <laughs> now, you and I, you and I will agree that the selection of him on Wednesday night was a uh, was a flawed one. Uh, he had some fine moments in that game, but he also had some not fine moments in that game. But these two games, last night and tonight, he was outstanding in both games. And tonight again, just all over the puck. I don't know how many passes he disrupted by having his big big stick it's like he's carrying a goalie stick around there with this huge paddle it is. <coughs> and he uh uh just got a piece of so many calgary passes uh that either caused a change in possession or at least you know sent the puck off over to the boards where calgary had to recover and start all over again and on the on the back check i mean I think my favorite play of the game was on the 5-3 goal where yeah. that that line had a, a lot of pressure for an extended period and finally Calgary got it and young Oliver Shillington was walking out of the Calgary zone in possession and looking to, you know, at least get it to center and shoot it in and get the hell off the ice. And Leon just stalked him down from behind before he even got to the blue line leon was on a stick on the puck it was gone it was going back towards the calgary net he got a good shot away and then uh, yamamoto and nugent hopkins cleaned up the uh cleaned up the chaos and, <coughs> and put it away and and that was a huge goal in this game uh he, yeah. you know his, his assists he got four secondary assists in this game which is not his usual uh usually their primaries are goals uh, but even the first one, um, where he was right on the defenseman who was trying to clear the puck, you know, just make a safe pass into the corner. He got a piece of it with his skate, and it went to uh, bomb and from there to the front of the net where Yamamoto put it home. And, you know, a little bit of a lucky bounce, but caused by puck pressure, and and challenge, actively challenging for the puck, and just. The way he's skating, uh, the way he's 
making these little skill plays, like receiving passes that are, you know, not necessarily in a good place, but if any, anywhere near him, he's able to somehow get a hold of that puck, pull it in, and and he's done that and cut down on the mistakes and and uh, uh, really finding his his new level, really centering uh, his own line. Uh, and, you know, where he's sort of, you know, everything goes through him, right? And even though he's, he does have the skilled line, there's no question which one of the three is running that line. And that's uh, Leon Dreisaitl, who now has a four-point lead in the NHL scoring race. You know, in the 10 games since they put that line together, Leon's got 21 points and he's plus 13. And in those... Uh, uh, Ten games, he's had two or more points in eight of the last nine, including the last five in a row, multi-point games, five in a row. Yeah. I, he's I hope just this, firing on all cylinders. I hope this kind of, well, whatever. People can say what they want. Like, There's always been this this crew that Dreisaitl can't run his own line. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Come on, give your head a shake. Did you not, Did anyone who said that, did they not watch the 2017 playoffs? Like, I just think it's a dim bulb comment, honestly, Bruce. Like, I, I just... I, I've never, I've never bought it. In the heat of a playoff battle for for a full series, you're doing it. He can do it, and and it, he just the temptation for him and McDavid, I think, when the team was seemingly weaker, is they just wanted to play together and put up points. And you know, it was interesting to see again, and I'm, I mentioned it last night. You know how that came played out this year because it started to to have negative repercussions for the team and the two players. They were good on the attack, but they were really weak in their own end, and it was a mess. The owners weren't going to win if they continued with that. It wasn't working. So it is just fantastic to see Drysaddle play like he can to, and, and to be this player because when he's this player, Bruce, that's the player that can help the Oilers win the Stanley Cup this year and in years to come. That's a Stanley Cup winning hockey player because he's not only super skilled, he's big and tough. And a, and, a, and a, just a load in his own end. So with Nurse and Cassie and, and Dreisaitl, like I know it's, there's, and it's kind of the same group, I think, in some ways, that I think underrates all of those three players. But I just think those are the players who in the playoffs will help you win the Stanley Cup. And of course, Connor McDavid's in, this, in the same group in a different way. But you can't win the Cup without those guys, without that kind of player. But those guys will take you right on their back, right through the playoffs, and I can't wait to see it. And we might see it sooner than later. When Leon is fully focused, <clears throat> as he is now, he, he's a dominant player, and it's just wonderful to watch. Tonight on in the faceoff, dot Leon won eleven and lost seven on a night that the rest of his teammates won eleven and lost twenty-eight. So this was a game Calgary was uh, Calgary was. Kicking butt in the face-off dot, except for when they were going up against Leon Dreisaitl. He was uh, winning more than his share. Uh, he's got, he's just got so much game. You know, he's a he's a passer, he's a finisher. He's got. The, I mean, there was a play early in the third period. The Oilers had that power play on the Talbot penalty, and they had the odd intermission that was 24 seconds early, and they came out for that power play, and they just weren't very focused. And Calgary had a couple, of, a couple of jailbreaks, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins came tearing back to break one up, and then Leon Dreisaitl came tearing back to break the next one up. And 
just the, the 200 foot, uh, you know, if you, I always respect a player who skates just as hard when he's uh, going back in defense of his own net as he is on the attack. And, and uh, we saw two examples of that there in, in short order. Uh, Already. It's, it's a joy to watch. <coughs> uh, my final good thing, Sam Gagne's play tonight. I've really been loving the gamster uh, in the last little while. And um, I'm going to highlight a play. It was in the first period. We marked it on our scoring chat summary here. Mm -hmm. Let me just find it. There was a Calgary play. They got it at the net in tight at the net on Larson and Cloughbaum. It was a tough play. It wasn't, you know, they weren't bad on it. You know, Calgary just pounded it at the net and there was a rebound play. And um, yeah, Reader got a couple shots, I think great chances and there would have been a goal by Michael Backlund who was right there but on him and not looking at the puck not drawn towards the puck like he would have been seven years ago with the Oilers like he definitely would have been looking at the puck and skating towards it and leaving Backlund open but instead covering Backlund taking his body taking his stick with Sam Gagne that was fantastic and that's the player Sam Gagne he's become and he's Bruce, I, I would have never said this, but I'm starting to wonder if he might earn a contract for next year. <clears throat> Why not? Like as a fourth line player, um, won't power be the play same. Villain. It won't be the same money, but it, you know, you got the, you got this player on a million dollar contract or one point two or whatever, and it's it's less of a uh, you know as it is. I mean, he was a contract dump, and, and uh, uh, there's no way any team he ever signs another $3 million contract, but he can still play in the league, and he's proven that. And I think the three games since the break, he's been tremendous. Like, he's been playing hard and highly motivated and uh, making skilled plays, but also making tough plays and, you know, going hard to the net. He started that scrum by, you know, jamming away at the, at the puck. He had another play where he had a great deflection from in close. And then finally he was rewarded with a wicked shot from, I mean, the grade B scoring chance area, but uh, uh, probably a goal the goalie should have had. But the shot was tremendous from where, where he let it go. He just, uh, you know, he, he put it through a keyhole from 35 feet. I'd like to see him with McDavid. Like, I really want to see him with Cassian and McDavid. I think that that might be, um, I'm not going to say he's going to be their Yamamoto he doesn't have that kind of speed, mm-hmm. but that might work. That might work, Bruce. He's really, he's a really smart two-way hockey player right now. So, <coughs> thumbs up to Gagne. All right, let's go to our numbers. What is your number? Oh boy, pick numbers. Uh, I'll I'll go with forty-nine to twenty-six, which were the shots on goal in this game, including wow. a franchise record tying twenty-four shots in the second period. And this was a part of the game where the Oilers had the lead, and sometimes you, well, usually you expect them to sort of fall back a little bit and start start muddling around playing defensive hockey in their own end of the ice without the puck a little bit. Sometimes you see that happening with a, with a multi-goal lead, but they were just chomping at the bit to score. And even after they drove Riddick from the net, they just peppered Cam Talbot. I think Talbot had 21 shots in the second and he didn't come in until, uh, let's see now, Talbot. 16-42. Uh, right, yeah, 21 shots, and he only played 16 <coughs> minutes, right? Mm-hmm. 
and he faced 2021 bucks, and uh, they were just all over it and 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 taking it to the net and even the third and fourth lines you know they weren't generating great shots but they were generating shots they were winning battles and they were directing pucks towards the net and Edmonton it was a dominant period they were very unlucky that Calgary scored two against the flow of play but uh, uh, Edmonton deservedly got three goals in that period and they uh, they you know they just dominated the shot clock I mean we had 20 to 11 in uh, grade A scoring chances which is a high number and of course, the best number: eight goals to three. <laughs> eight goals. <laughs> My number's similar, Bruce. <clears throat> it's a shot metrics number. It's grade A scoring chances over the last three games. Okay. So this is against twice against the Flames, a yep. really good a good team, and against the Blues, a really good team. The Oilers have forty four grade A scoring chances to twenty eight for the opposition, and okay. there's been periods in each game. Lengthy periods. The Oilers were unlucky to lose the first game against Calgary. They fully deserve the win against St. Louis, and they deserve the win tonight. There's been periods in each game where the Oilers have absolutely taken over the game, long periods, um, where they've been the better team against really good teams. And this is is really encouraging. This is really different, new, unique, exciting um, and it's the mark of a strong hockey team that can compete for the Stanley Cup. That's what we're seeing right now in the Edmonton Oilers. And it's interesting. You know, they were they were going so well and the break came. And, and it seemed in other years, there was always any little thing would throw the team off. You know, they'd, they'd be going and then they'd have a break. And then, oh, well, the, you know, they'd come back from the break and start losing again or what, whatever it was, right? There was always something coming up. Um, <clears throat> a former player would score on them. Um, just endless, you know, their goalies letting in early goals. One thing after another would, would foil the Oilers' chances. But this team seems kind of foil-proof. They, they, um, they have it going on, Bruce. And, as, and again, as long as the goaltending is solid, this team, this team is a very, very good NHL hockey team right now. Very impressed. Well, the right, right guys stay healthy. Yeah, they're uh, they're on the ascendant. It's obvious to the eye, and it's obvious in the in the stats and the numbers and the and the uh, you know the outcomes. And uh, you know, I mentioned uh, that you know they've got uh, in their last uh, um, <coughs> what was it now eleven games? They've scored. Just a ridiculous number of goals, 51 goals, 52 goals, I think, in 11 games. I mean, that's almost, that's a order hockey from, you know, <laughs> from back in the day, five goals a game almost. <coughs> they put up seven on a couple of teams. They put up eight tonight, and that's the first time they got to eight this year. And, yeah, it's fascinating. You know, they're starting to put, put, uh, put up consistently uh, uh Decent to very decent to outstanding goal numbers in every game. You know, and, I, and a lot of people tie it to Yamamoto coming up, and that's big. But Caleb Jones is also, like, I just think puck moving from the defense is absolutely critical. It was so painfully missing from Oilers teams. As recently as last year when they tried to solve the problem with Petrovic and, what was the other, oh, Manning. And, mm-hmm. you know, they just, instead of trying to break the forecheck with speed and passing, it was like, let's go back to heavy hockey, yeah. Oh cost Shirelli his job. Uh, <clears throat> it was the last thing, at least, that did. But having these guys that can move the puck, like Baron Jones and and um, Clefbaum, 
man, this team, it's good. Bruce, you got to write the game grade, so. Yeah, I'm partway through and uh, back wrap it up. now in a minute. And, uh, yeah, no bad things to talk about tonight. So uh, let's enjoy this one, Oil Country. Uh, that revenge on Calgary was a little slow in coming, but uh, it sure was sweet when it arrived. Yeah. It was as sure as a Darnell nurse cross-check to the face. <laughs> well, yeah. Felt better, though. All right. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks for talking tonight. Thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast. <laughs>